Welcome to Hashing It Out, a podcast where we talk to the tech innovators behind blockchain infrastructure and decentralized networks. We dive into the weeds to get at why and how people build this technology and the problems they face along the way. Come listen and learn from the best in the business so you can join their ranks. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Hashing It Out. This is episode 104. I'm Dr. Corey Petty as your host, so with my co-host, Jay Harrell. Say hello. Hello. And Welcome. today we're going to talk about Panvala. Right on again, actually. We've talked about Panvala quite a bit in the past. They were a sponsor at one point. Well, they've always kind of been a sponsor, considering we're in the Panvala League or uh, whatever that is today and to tell us all about it we have uh, neuron again welcome back to the show thanks for having me it's good to be back yeah so let's do the normal thing uh let's start off with like this the the you know thirty thousand foot view what is panvala so panvala if if you're uh, uh panvala is a donation matching fund for communities to share so there's uh, right now 57 communities that share the system and uh, we match donations for all the communities. So there's really, at a deeper level, there's two ways to think about what's going on here. In crypto terms, like if you've been around the crypto world, you've probably seen all these different protocols out there with their treasuries, and they use their treasury of tokens or whatever to fund the project that the treasury is attached to. Uh, so Panval is kind of like that, except it's a treasury that communities can share. We want to share it with as many communities as possible. So instead of spending the treasury on one particular project, we want any community to be able to tap into this treasury and share it with uh, one another. And for a good reason, uh, there's there's a there's an end of the loop at the end of the day. Uh, but before I go, before I close that. Like uh, if you're not in crypto, if you don't know what's going on in these crypto treasuries, there's a real world way to think about what Panvala is. And that's uh, as a community managed endowment. Uh, the best real world example of a community managed endowment is a university endowment that's pretty common in the US. I don't know if it's common elsewhere, but uh, US universities, a lot of them have endowments and their community of alumni and students work together to decide how to allocate those resources to research, education, student life, like that vibrant college campus community life that uh, so many people are familiar with is supported by a community managed endowment. And we want any community to be able to tap into that same sort of thing without having to have a very wealthy person gift them tons of resources 200 years ago. Uh, so we want to be able to build it up from scratch and have uh, lots of communities be able to support themselves in that same sort of way. So the reason we want to share it with as many communities as possible is because of what we're trying to build. Uh, what we're trying to build is a network of as many communities as possible that work together to help each other out and to drive resources back into their community. Uh, at the end of the day, there is a lot of value in our economy that's created by you and that's created by me. And a lot of that value right now goes to tech monopolies for better, or for worse. Uh, like, uh, I don't think there's any need for like a political struggle to change where that value goes, because I think with crypto, 
there's a voluntary way to change where that value goes. I think if we get enough communities working together, we ourselves can redirect that flow of value from tech monopolies back into the budgets of our own communities. All the businesses that are spending their marketing budget with these tech monopolies are doing it because all their customers are there. So if we build up a network of communities where businesses can, businesses can say, well, so many of my customers are there, then they can take the marketing budget that they're spending with tech monopolies and put it right back into the budgets of the communities where their customers are. Uh, that's how we close that loop. That's how we get to what so many people seem to want, uh, an economy that is driving resources back into their communities, not extracting it. You mentioned um, economy. It's um, it, it's really interesting. I was kind of diving into the tokenomics and and looking at the sort of the three thousand um, foot view and what it is. There's also an economic um, token, like a tokenomics incentive, to encourage that behavior and ultimately grow the those communities that uh, need and provide funding. Um, that can then take funding uh, from these larger uh, organizations. Absolutely. So if you like, uh, if you go around telling people, hey, we're going to create this organization where thousands of communities work together to drive resources back into our own communities, like uh, the first question uh, potential communities are going to have is, what can you do for me now? Uh, if, if you like the reason this kind of organization doesn't exist already is because it's very hard to get it off the ground. Uh, what crypto does is shows a pattern for bootstrapping things that is very applicable broadly beyond technology. So what we do to kickstart Panvala's economics is the same pattern that Bitcoin uses to kickstart its network. Uh, there's uh, When you buy Bitcoin and you hold on to it, you know there's going to be 21 million Bitcoin someday and there's not 21 million today. So you're, you're basically opting into a system that is promised to dilute your holdings and it uses the dilution, the inflation of the system to fund the operations of the Bitcoin network that we all share together. So if you hold Bitcoin, thank you for doing that. You're kind of a philanthropist in a weird new way. Uh, so that's the model that we generalize in Panvala to kickstart this network of thousands of communities instead of needing tons of sponsors on day one. Instead, we use the inflation of the system. When you buy pan and you hold on to it, you know there's going to be 100 million pan someday, and there's not 100 million pan today. So each quarter, we inflate the supply up to the maximum of 100 million, and we use that inflation to match donations from communities from day one. We've been doing this for over a year. We've been matching the donations at 2x last quarter, 7.5x a quarter before that, 10x a quarter before that. It just depends on the market value of the currency at the time. But basically, it allows us to kickstart this network of communities. So when we bring new communities on board, it's not a question of uh, what can you do for me now? It's like, here are resources for you, for you today. Now we just have to complete that loop. We have to bring on more and more communities to grow that network of thousands of communities. We have to bring on more and more sponsors to close that loop. Because at the end of the day, it's not all about the inflation of the token funding our, uh, our communities, that's going to taper off over time. Let's find real resources, and that real resource 
is the value we already create in our economy that just does not go to us. Uh, we can move where that value goes by organizing, by bringing lots of communities together and saying, hey, uh, businesses, uh, you can you can give your money to us to spend in our communities and we'll go shop at your business. That's the loop that we're trying to close. Let's nail down a little bit in terms of uh, how, that, how that actually operates, right? Because like things have changed quite a bit uh, since and we were, we've, we've been talking about this, I think since before the original disbursement of Panvala to like the, like some of the, I guess, contributors early on, which, which, which we were not really hatching it out was and how like the mechanism you've used to try and get to figure out how to allocate each individual disbursement. It's like every quarter there's a new chunk of pan that gets released. And then it's like for, for the majority of the time, the, the, the work was how do we get groups of people together to dictate how that gets allocated, how that gets dispersed to uh, the, the people who would like, who, who, would, who should be using it or should be contributing to PAN and or PANVALA. And one of the main mechanisms, if not the, still, still the main mechanism for uh, signaling where this money should go and how it should be allocated was using Gitcoin grants. So you would match basically uh, PAN allocations to people who got donations in PAN during Gitcoin grants. And so that signaled basically like, like you said, you told the communities, all right, well, try to convince the people who are going to donate to you to donate in PAN because it amplifies the amount of ending money they get because based on that amounts, the disbursement gets allocated to those people proportionally, meaning that if I it, hashing out has done this, uh, our Gitcoin grant is we got donated. Some of the donations were in PAN, and then based on that, we got matching, which then drastically amplified the amount of money we ended up getting, way more than what Gitcoin gave us, and that seemed to be working. But things are, and then we had a Panvala league, and that governance around how this how these decisions get made changed. So, like, kind of talk about like your path as you've learned how to try to do this better and better and as you've, how you've onboarded more and more communities and how it shaped kind of this community governance slash coordination concept you're trying to build. Awesome. So a brief history of Panvala. Uh, from day one, it's always been about uh, resources going to communities out, uh, out from the inflation and resources going back into the token supply from sponsors. But bootstrapping that, getting act, getting that all together has been a process that has evolved over time because again, starting it from nothing, uh, cold start, very hard. Uh, so from day one, when we launched this on the Ethereum mainnet in uh, August of 2019, uh, basically the first approach was to give out grants of PAN to projects in the Ethereum ecosystem that already had a broad support. So if we're trying to build this network of communities, let's just uh, start in the Ethereum ecosystem and give PAN to projects that the community cares about. So that's phase one. Uh, phase two is like, okay, now that there's people, now that there's stakeholders, let's uh, bring communities together and organize our stake around each community. So that's when we kicked off the Panvala League. That was a little over a year ago now. So it started with five communities and they basically staked Pan to get a share of the inflation to match their donations. 
Uh, once we had that structure in place, we could add more communities to it. So we went from five communities a, a little over a year ago to 52, uh, 57 communities today, and we want to continue to plug new communities in. Uh, so it's definitely uh, changed over time uh, because, again, like it's just uh, we're, we're in this process of uh, bootstrapping this network of thousands of communities. It's going to continue to change. Uh, for instance, donation matching is how we currently allocate the inflation. Donation matching isn't how we're always going to allocate the inflation. Because again, the grand picture at the end of the day is resources going to communities and resources coming into the token supply from sponsors. So having uh, the sponsorship part in there is going to be the next part that changes about how we allocate uh, the inflation each quarter. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's all about bringing communities together to redirect the value that we create back uh, from tech monopolies into our own community's budgets. So it's a kind of like an incentive that um, for communities to help drive the system inflation um, via with you know built-in to tokenomics. But by doing that, um, if they can get more share of the inflation, then they're more incentivized to participate longer term, which further drives overall network inflation. Is that is that correct? That's an accurate way to think about it. Uh, basically, the we're the we're trying to incentivize cooperation. Uh, we think of ourselves at Panvala as cooperation maximalists. So, what we subsidize with the inflation of the system, what we incentivize is communities working together. So we want communities to join and there's a subsidy for that. Uh, we want communities to help each other out and there is a subsidy for that. We want communities to form smaller groups within Panvala where they can work together with like-minded communities and there's a subsidy for that. So that's what we're doing at the end of the day. We want to just, uh, the, the things people already like to do, people already like to work with other people that they kind of like, but actually having a reward for that makes it a lot easier for people to say, okay, uh, yes, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that here at this time. <laughs> uh, so that's really what we do uh, to bootstrap this network of thousands of communities. We give a reward for cooperation between communities. You give a couple examples of that, like, like, like the hard concrete examples of uh, like walk me through like a made up scenario of a, a, a community joining Panvala and then starting to coordinate in different ways, which then gets subsidies. Uh, so I'll give you two examples. The first example is uh, what's happening right now uh, with uh, the Regenerative Commons Coalition within Panvala. So that's one of the five coalitions within Panvala. I believe there are six communities that are currently a member of that coalition. But basically what happened is that uh, we were bringing communities on board Panvala and we're like, hey, we want to group together like-minded communities so you can work together. It's totally an opt-in thing. So we didn't say, hey, you belong here and you belong here. It's like, hey, uh, if you want other communities to work with you, go ask them and then we'll help you do that. Uh, so uh, the Common Stack community and the Giveth community, um, Dandelion Collective, uh, doing uh, actually fight pandemics. There's a couple other communities in there. Basically they came together and said, we wanna to work together within this coalition. So they started holding these meetings where they could actually share information with each other about what they're doing. So that's one benefit that they got. They knew things that were going on that they didn't know before. They knew opportunities to get help and receive help, uh, that uh, get help and give help that they didn't know were out there. Uh, 
the second thing that we do for the coalitions is actually fund a multi-sig wallet that the coalition shares. So when they want to do something together, when they have some idea about how they can cooperate, the next step is like, okay, how, how are we going to get people to contribute from these different communities to this thing we're trying to do together? And we want to grease the skids of cooperation so it's easier than that. Instead of figuring out how contributions are going to be made, it's just there's the multi-sig wallet that already has PAN in it. Use the PAN in that wallet to spend on what you want to do to cooperate. Uh, so that's one example of how we help communities cooperate. The second example is uh, what we do in the Panvala Fellows Program. So the Panvala Fellows Program is a way that anybody in the Panvala community can basically uh, contribute their resources to improve Panvala itself or help out other communities in Panvala. Uh, so there's one community member whose skill set is quality assurance. Basically, uh, when you're building new software, making sure that the software does what, it, uh, what it's supposed to do and that users can actually use so there's a lot of other communities within Panvala that are building software. And instead of uh, them having to uh, like uh, compensate somebody directly for this work, uh, since uh, this Panvala fellow is in one community and the help is happening in other communities, we like cooperation between communities so much that we reward that from Panvala's inflation. So when you contribute resources to other communities, we want pan to get to you to encourage that to happen even more. Uh, so that's what we use our token supply to do. We want to reward cooperation between communities so more and more of it happens for the end goal that we seek, which is having a network of thousands of communities that work together to drive resources back to their community. Because the more communities there are, the more of that value we can redirect back into our own communities with the combined negotiating power of all those communities. So it's kind of like at this stage, it seems it's kind of building network effect because that ultimately builds like brand and notoriety, which is a, which is a, is a feedback loop that um, puts back into the uh, what token price, you know, whether you want to talk about it or not, um, which then ultimately drives this network inflation, which helps these communities. It seems like it's a, um, like it's trying to take a big tent funding approach to try and solve small tent um, funding, like the the um, the receding tide of sort of funding for small tent issues and and needs, um, you know, coming from Canada, um, you know, even though there's there's healthcare. Funding is still at a you know a, a, a the end dollar amount. So your knee surgery is still cared for, while something a little more niche now suddenly it's 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 just not it's not a viable um, it's not viable for people. So I mean, that's kind of what I'm hearing. Um, would would that be fair to say? Yeah, the, the best examples of the kinds of communities that we're trying to drive resources to are the themes you've already seen uh, in Panvala. So like open source projects, charitable causes, uh, but really that's just scratching the surface. Basically, anytime people uh, are coming together to do the things they like with the people they like, that's probably a good fit. So arts groups, uh, cultural groups, even just social clubs, people come together to just have fun. Like it's not just about giving necessarily, it's about 
communities coming together because the more people come together the more uh the easier it is to say hey instead of giving this money to this tech giant just get put the money in our budget where we use it together and you get the attention from the same customers you were looking for in the first place so that's also the second story beyond the crypto token value story uh which is uh obviously hard to like dig into this this what we're trying to do isn't to isn't a token for token's sake the flow of value that we're trying to grow here is literally uh communities giving their business to businesses that put money in their budget so it's actually real world value it's not just that uh this token is going to magically have value forget the value of the token the metrics that I care about are how many communities are in Panvala and how convincing of a case can we make to potential sponsors that you're going to get your money's worth for uh, sponsoring these communities in this way. And the way we make it easy from day one for sponsors to make that decision is by subsidizing sponsorships as well. So since we're trying to build up this network of com both communities and sponsors, you already know how we subsidize the communities. We match their donations, but we also subsidize the sponsorships as well. Uh, we can use our token supply to do that by saying, hey, you're going to make this donation to this community. Uh, we're going to make sure you have pan in your hands as well. So uh, right now, the if you sponsor through Panvala, the sponsorship actually has zero net cost. For every dollar you donate to Panvala communities, you get to hold uh, a dollar worth of Pan tokens. So it helps uh, businesses stretch their marketing dollars further by basically just subsidizing that sponsorship. Again, that's not something you can do forever, right? <laughs> Eventually, we have to close that loop. So we have to decrease the subsidies for sponsorships and have the, all this uh, all the all the value flowing from sponsors to communities. But as we kickstart the system, we put subsidies in place for everything we want to happen. And then uh, we reduce those as we grow. So it's kind of like a macro marker for inter-community and individual participation. So as this network grows, um, if you were to actually watch, you know, address flows, um, you could you could actually see you know who's really participating and that being a marker for a sponsor to um you know participate uh and they can see where like how efficiently their dollars or their tokens or whatever are being used so that's part of it like uh, a lot of the uh the the a lot of the the um... The reason for sponsors to make those decisions is less about the on-chain activity and more about the off-chain activity. Right. If you're sponsoring uh, Panvala, if you're sponsoring a community in Panvala, it's about like how are you getting the message out for these sponsors? So, is uh, on these community calls, are you uh, saying something about these sponsors on the websites that these communities have? Are you saying something about these sponsors? Basically, a traditional pitch for sponsorships is what's happening there just with the subsidies added in. Uh, where the uh, participation comes in and where the uh, token holdings come in is in how we govern Panvala itself. So one of the principles in how we govern Panvala is that we always want the benefits that are allocated from the system to be based on participation and ownership. And the reason that's important is because like in most community oriented 
organizations, there's no concept of ownership. It's just people coming together to get things done uh, for better or for worse. And in most crypto sort of systems, uh, ownership is kind of all you need. You don't really need participation. You can passively just get yield from holding a certain token. Uh, Panvala is neither of those two things. Uh, we allocate the benefits of the system based on participation and ownership. With donation matching, that's clear. Like the participation is how much did you bring in, in donations? And then the ownership is how much does uh, of Panvala does your community own? And that's what we use to determine how much of the inflation each community gets each quarter. Uh, so uh, with donation matching, that's already something that we do. When it comes to the sponsorships, that's also when allocating those is also going to be based on participation and ownership. So if you do, if your community does work to make sure that our sponsors are getting attention, that's the participation part of that program. And then the ownership part of that program is how much of Panvala does the sponsor or the community own to allocate that portion of the inflation. So we always want to make sure that if you're benefiting from Panvala, it's based on participation and ownership. Yeah, let me try and reword that based on my understanding. Um, I like that you're trying to get both of those together, right? Because ownership tells you who's 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 vested into the system, the system, and then participation shows like how they're leveraging that vest. Um, and so, so we we already talked about the fact that every quarter there's a disbursement of new pan that inflates the total supply, and the goal is to figure out how to allocate that disbursement appropriately across those. Um, who are both who, who have ownership and, and participated. And so for, take us, for instance, hash it out. We have uh, our, our, our group has a, has a number of pan. We'll call it, uh, this is probably way over much, way, way over what it actually is, but we'll call it 10%. We could probably pull up the, the spreadsheet later if we want to, but we'll call it 10%. Um, and we stake that amount. So we own and hold 10% of pan or like the current, like 10% of the amount total staked. Yes. So it's an important distinction. Uh, that means that what that does is it says on the next disbursement, on the next inflation that gets dispersed of, of PAN, 10% of that has the potential to go to the, the hashing it out community. And so that means that, and so how do we, how do we get, how do we maximize that potential? What we do is we get people to donate to hashing it out. Yeah, Bitcoin grants or some other all all the all the approved forms of donation um, for Panvala, and based on that number, you can allocate a, a total of up to ten percent to that, right? And that and that kind of dictates what you're saying, like uh, the matching number, like the, the matching the matching ratio is like, you know, you, you had this this bottle, this potential bottle of of, of donations that the Panvala is willing to give you, and through rallying your community to donate to you as a signaling mechanism you saying we're going to match you up to this amount so you have like kind of like two separate funnels well, the first one is uh ownership which is figuring out what communities have weighted stake in the in the game and the next one is how much we give you is based on how much you can rally your community to actually do something and the metrics you're using and I think this is what is probably going to end up changing over time and becoming more dynamic and, and interesting is um, how do we then distribute 
to that community amongst the people who participated? What are our metrics of participation that we're actually rewarding? Whether that be like community to community participation, uh, matching donations and all kinds of things. What I'm curious about, sorry, first off, is that a good description of what's going on? Perfect. Okay, great. I'm, I'm, I still get this. <laughs> uh, what, I, what I'm curious about is as we start to bring in sponsors into this, um, for, your subsidies are making them have ownership, which hopefully means that they start to participate as well because they can then get matching in by, by, by participating or get funded additionally by participating. But like, how what motivates them to do it in the first place? Like what makes them think they're going to get value out of sponsoring something other than getting their name said in a meetup? Uh, so it's really just us demonstrating the value of that over time. So basically building up an inventory of how sponsors benefit from their sponsorship and pitching that to those potential sponsors and having them say, Hey, that sounds valuable to me. Uh, if we, don't if we fail at doing that then they'll be like this does not seem valuable to me but if we succeed at doing that then they'll be like okay this makes sense i'm going to get the attention that i need to be able to drive more business uh and then i'm also going to get subsidies from panvala that let my marketing budget uh, stretch further so uh we just uh, as a community we have to make that case as best we can and it's it's uh, the, it's obviously not a guarantee. We just have to make sure that uh, when we're making that case that it's clear that these are the benefits that you get from being a sponsor. This is where your brand shows up. This is where your messaging shows up, uh, whether it's on a website, whether it's in a podcast, whether it's uh, 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 during a call that the community has. We just want to make sure that we're demonstrating that value to sponsors as best we can. Because again, we have to outcompete the value proposition of giving your marketing budget to a tech giant. And that's a hard thing to do, but that's something that we're going to succeed at doing because we're going to bring as many communities together as possible. And combined, we're going to be able to drive so much value to our sponsors over time. Has there been any thought around um, in terms of sponsorship? Like what if there was a like an AMM and portion of fees extracted from an AMM is redirected to Anvala because it sounds like what's being trying to be solved here is the bridging of maybe more um, uh, wider incentives or incentives that that individual organizations um, would selfishly need um, and trying to tie that to a you know more narrow social incentives that a you know a shared group of people are trying to solve within their community um it is often that's a very hard problem to to do that so sponsorship makes sense as like a sponsorship network um is there is there any other sort of additional uh forms being looked at like amm fee extraction for example uh, so currently, no, but <clears throat> we're totally open to that sort of thing. Uh, it's really the communities that benefit from Panvala that determine like uh, how we do this thing over time. So uh, there's a lot of uh, systems on chain 
that have fees that could flow to communities if you wanted them to. So if there's a potential to do that in a way that fits in with Pandwala, then we want to do it. It just hasn't been at the top of the list of things that we're uh, trying to seek out um, because the uh, basically the simplest case that uh, gets people to understand what Pandwala is, is showing people, hey, it's like traditional uh, methods of funding communities, but using the uh, using cryptocurrency to bootstrap this network effect between those thousands of communities. There's crypto value that we can drive into there, but the story gets more complicated if we prioritize driving crypto value into there. So we want to show how normal value flows can work to uh, be coordinated by the system, both so we can benefit the existing communities in Panvala, which are very crypto heavy, but also so the story is very clear for how we branch out from crypto communities. Because again, it's supposed to be where all of the business's customers are. Not all the business's customers are in crypto world. There's a lot of normal communities out there. We want them to be able to benefit from Panvala. We want to be able to drive more value to them. And we want to be able to uh, uh, improve the, the, um, the return on investment for uh, sponsors that are sponsoring this thing. They need to be able to broaden the reach of customers that they can reach this through this thing. So that's, that's why the crypto value isn't the focus. But if somebody wanted to do the work to connect those pieces, we would say yes. Interestingly enough, um, we're kind of playing around with building something like that at the Bitcoin Podcast Network as a way to like bring in the community to how the podcast makes money. It's like kind of has automatically have this weird DAO structure of paying people out according to their contribution. But like, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in this because as a, as someone that I would like to market, uh, I have a chunk of money and I'm like, Oh man, how do I use this? Right. And what's, like what you're seeing, at least if you look at Gitcoin grants as, as, a, as an example, is I throw my chunk of money into a pool and allow a, a massive community of donations, like a massive participation of donations to various projects in the ecosystem dictate how that money gets distributed. So, I'm, so I, I, I have, I, I, re, I relinquish my burden of doing the research of figuring out how to best allocate money. And I help people who normally wouldn't be helped in a lot of ways based on um, a larger group actually donating as well. And it's mm -hmm. a similar type situation for Panvala where the metric that dictates how my money gets distributed is mainly focused on uh, how you can evaluate other people helping each other, kind of. Like participation is, is looking at coordination and and donations. And that's how you're using, those are, the, like, those are the types of metrics you're using to dictate how money flows. Um, so I, I'm trying to like map that kind of Gitcoin picture of like, I'm an advertiser or I'm a, I'm a company that wants to advertise. I'm just gonna put up a lump sum of money and allow this community, massive like groups of communities to dictate how it gets allocated and the metrics they use is in line with the things that I think are important. And what the metrics you're using are solely focused on collaboration and coordination of, of, of groups of people, which I think as opposed to like this traditional flow of money that we have in the internet today, which is I'm an advertiser. I go to the tech companies 
and ask them, uh, like, this is my demographic, sell them to me. And I, I, I have very strong, I have a very strong confidence that my, I'm going to reach the people who I think are good, but the f- value flow doesn't go back to the people in any way, shape, or form. It goes to the tech company. So I, I, I'm trying to see this as a way to fix that loop where the people who are actually doing the participation, creating the value, are being rewarded through their participation. And you still have um, uh, kind of this emergent ability of people who would like to reach their potential customers, reaching them effectively, but not in like a gross like value extraction way. Uh, absolutely. So <clears throat> that question that you uh, illustrated the the business asking, like, this is my demographic, sell them to me. At the end of the day, that's the same question that we're trying to help answer. So to, uh, as we grow, we want to be able to say to businesses that are like, this is my demographic, sell them to me. We want to be able to reach out to our communities and say, hey, <laughs> this business is looking for this kind of customer. Like what uh, what resources are there in our communities to drive that customer towards them. So again, that's not necessarily like traditional advertisement because again, it's governed by the communities themselves. Whatever way we're uh, helping uh, companies get customers in the door has to be something that they're actually comfortable doing. Uh, But that is what we're trying to answer. We're trying to bring all these communities together. So instead of Google answering that question, it's like, oh, this is my demographic, sell them to me. And Google's like, done. We want the communities themselves (laughs) to be able to say, oh, this is your demographic. You you want those to be sold to you? Done. Just give that money and put it in the budget of our communities rather than putting it with tech monopolies. So that's, that's definitely what we're trying to do. So if the communities themselves are, say, making um, content, let's say, and it's a collective effort to make content, then they're, um, regardless of what that content is, because it, it, it really doesn't necessarily matter, because um, each community is going to speak to a different audience. They put out their content that speaks to whatever audiences they spend a little time to either, which draws more people into their community, which, you know, maybe draws more people into their discord, um, which builds their community more. Um, some of that funding uh, is allocated to the creation of content. Uh, ideally, a lot more of that funding is, is driven towards the um, community needs and participation within that, that discord. Um, and then uh, the, and then I guess over time, there would be this sort of a bunch of networks of communicate of communities that would, you know, maybe at a single time would have the same um, advertiser within their um, sets of content regard, uh, across communities. And that is a representation of where the value flow is coming from at any given point in time. Is, that's kind of how I'm understanding it. Uh, that's accurate with a caveat that like uh, in Panvala, when it comes to like rewarding work, uh, we try to push that down to individual communities as much as possible. Like if we're trying to get thousands of communities to work together, getting thousands of communities to agree on anything is like the hardest job 
ever. So uh, the way to solve that is just by pushing those decisions down as much as possible. So rather than uh, it being like a Panvala thing where it's like, hey, this person should do this work uh, to get this piece of content created so that this advertiser is happy, whatever. It's really like setting rules at the Panvala level saying, if you do this, then you get this. Uh, and that's what we reach consensus on as a network of communities. And then it's just the community saying, Hey, we, we produced this and then uh, we, we did this value for this sponsor. Like we put um, during our meeting, we put this in front of them uh, on our blog, we did this. And then you tally up the points according to whatever rules we agreed on and allocate it that way. Uh, so yes, that's accurate with the caveat that we're very much a kind of rule-based governance thing because we have to get tons of communities to agree, which is the hardest thing in the world. I think it sounds like it's still um, governance minimized, though, to some degree, because it's is it really all it's deciding is like, okay, how does the how are we tweaking the um, coordination incentive uh, percentage or or whatever? And so it's like, okay, well, you know, it's 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 levered enough to affect the entire um, space without being overly levered in in such a way that that. changes the dynamic the the dynamics in such a way that um disproportionately uh, negatively affects communities exactly that and for a concrete example of how we actually do that like think of it really as a giant spreadsheet that shows the points that each community is earning and that shows the share of the inflation that they're going to get at the end of the quarter, because that's literally what it is. We pull data from all sorts of different places. We shove it into a spreadsheet. The spreadsheet has like rules in it that the community can see and understand and that they can uh, make suggestions of how to change it if they're not comfortable with it. And we're basically governing a spreadsheet. And that spreadsheet at the end of the day says this community gets this, this community gets that. So yes, that's what we do. We wanna make sure that communities are opting into participation in the way that they want. Uh, That uh, basically we're not saying you have to do this community. It's more like saying, if you do this community, then you get these points that give you this portion of the inflation. Uh, So that's, that's how we, uh, operate that in practice. I like that. That's just gross. You're going to have, you're going to come to a point where there is going to be a, a coordination complexity that, that like becomes a, a burden for people. Um, and then like getting them to participate and do that tallying becomes more difficult as well. It's where you're like, you're spending a good portion of your time trying to figure out how things work and not actually doing anything. How is how are you trying to combat that as 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 the number of communities grows and the kind of vying for the governance of that spreadsheet grows grows with it? Uh, so there's two ways that we're trying to solve that. One is by making uh, trying to come up with the uh, fairest rules possible. So as it grows, there's less like. Uh, like so far there have yeah less tension there hasn't been uh battles over the rules in the spreadsheet that's not a thing that we've had so far it's definitely going to happen at some point but like the more thought we can put in up front about like how to actually be fair then when that happens uh it'll be easier to resolve uh the second thing is by trying to make sure that there are narrower ways to participate in panvala through organizing people so like uh in most uh most organizations have different kinds of subunits and things like that and it's not necessarily not necessarily a hierarchy 
but basically making sure that when a community plugs in, they have their set of peers with their context so they can reason about the portion of Panvala that they're dealing with. So they don't necessarily have to fit the whole thing in their head. And then if there's a particular coalition, a particular group that's like, hey, our communities aren't really getting a fair deal in this set of rules, then that's much easier to grapple with than one community uh, trying to fit the whole world into their head. Try, uh, just That's our approach for kind of narrowing what people have to deal with uh, to reduce conflict over time. Basically, organize people into smaller groups over time. I'm wondering if maybe there's some need for um, so some visual aids in that regard. Because I think um, when I was looking into this, my I worked I worked differently. I kind of need to understand the whole picture before I can understand the small picture, and mm -hmm. I have to you know talk it out, kind of like work through it and, and visualize it. And then once I visualize it, like okay, this is what this relates to me. Um, I'm wondering if maybe one of the ways to lower that the barrier is kind of visual cues for these. And that's not necessarily an easy thing because this is a very different um, funding mechanism that is um, kind of its own thing, as far as I can tell, in, in, the, in the Ethereum and indoor crypto space. Um, but that could uh, reduce burden over time. Um, as more and more communities onboard uh, different sets of people and different sets of diver you know diversity will have different forms of of understanding what's what's going on, but I mean that that too is also a hard problem because it's you know it's 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 priority right like what's what's priority to to, to work on and um, and sponsorships is a is a clear like win for network growth. So um, I can I can respect that there's this you know that there's a there's need for one thing or not but I but I think that um, in terms of uh, complexity um, I think a lot of that can be re could probably re be reduced. Yeah, I definitely appreciate that feedback. Like my my one of my weaknesses is like providing visual aids i'm very much like a text thinker so then i get my words out and i'm like hey we're doing this thing it's all written down right <laughs> and then everybody's like i don't understand and i'm like oh, i really need some visuals for this but i just don't think in that way so like we we need more visuals uh you're 100 right and we're gonna fix it um, yeah, you can i work would... on those over the time period too happy to help mm -hmm. We've certainly awesome. had that conversation in terms of like the difference between trying to like say for instance like a community makes money by by both having ownership and participation, and but there's a balance there in a lot of ways. If you have a lot of ownership but no participation, then you're not going to get a lot of like additional funding because no one's doing anything. And so, like, but like, so as someone who would like to help a community out, they have kind of two choices, and at least in like an under under. Uh, some of the mechanisms they currently have, they can either stake in that community to increase the proportional pan that's staked and across across the entire ecosystem, or they can donate using pan, which then uh, adds on the participation style of, and then that gets matched uh, to increase the total amount of donations. But that's like, 
if if one of those things is skewed, say there's no there's no stake in the network and they get a tremendous amount of donations, then the matching isn't that high because they're not getting a very large allocation of the of the of the disbursement based on how much they're staking. But so but if they have a bunch of stake, they're not going to get any they're not going to get a large uh, allocation either because no one did anything. Mm-hmm. And so that visualization of helping people make that decision between where we're currently at and what the potential effect of an additional stake or donation being made drastically helps someone trying to help a community out because like it's it's not easy. It's not, I mean, talking it out loud right now it, it helps you get a general like general understanding of like how this money flows and and the effects of the, the mechanisms you have at your disposal. But when you're in, in, in the process of trying to make that decision, you're not having a podcast talking about it with the founder. You have to try and do that and figure out these like these, all these cogs and how they fit together easily. So I think you're right. Me, me and Ron have had this conversation before. Like These small little things that help people intuitively understand how these things are happening and how their contribution makes a difference based on what they do uh, are, are, are things that like will just get worked on over time as the as you continually crease the wheels and see what what's actually working. Yeah. So one thing that we uh, put together last quarter was better visuals for that exact thing. Uh, so if you go to panvala.com slash hashing it out with all lowercase sure. dashes instead of the spaces. I, I think I have it pulled up. Well, it's, it's, awesome. it's in the description. So that's good. Yeah, so it kind of simplifies the whole ownership and participation story. You just have a progress bar that shows you, like, in terms of staking, have you staked enough? And hashing it out is maxed out. They've definitely staked enough. I've been a large staker for a long time with a lot, not a lot of, uh, of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Participation, because I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think you could so, see this. Let's see. Stream. Let's see. So the goal is to get communities to know, like, uh, of those two things, participation and ownership, where do they stand? What do they need? So if your matching progress bar is maxed out, you have the highest matching multiplier you can currently own, uh, currently earn, then just bring in more donations. You don't have to worry about the staking. You got plenty. Uh, but there are other communities whose matching multiplier isn't very, like, their progress bar is towards the short end and for them it's like okay uh you you need to your community needs to own more of panvala to be able to maximize their benefits from it uh so the whole story about how we allocate things we try to simplify it down into this progress bar that's our current approach but again it doesn't get the whole story across about like what panvala is what the structure is but it does let community see like where do we stand uh so we uh like we're still taking in feedback on this approach for letting communities know where they stand. But we also have a lot of work to do to make sure people uh, can fit the whole concept of what Panvala, this sort of organization is and uh, like what, what it looks like. I, I didn't see this. I think this, this goes a long way to like, um, you know, make her kind of standardize the collateralization ratio kind of mechanic. And I think um, that intuitive UX is really applied here. And I think that does does a long way to require, you know, minimize that requirement to sort of, you know, think about it and, and understand it. Um, I didn't I didn't actually see this. 
Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Marco, one of our com uh, community members uh, put this together and I think it did a great job in simplifying what I was trying to get across before. The last version of it was complicated. <laughs> I'm way into the complication stuff. So like having someone make it a little more easily intuitive is, is out, of, out, of the, out of my range. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. You had a few, I think you had a few things that you wanted to show as well. Uh, you know, pop lasagna, you're more than welcome to. Yeah. Uh, so as we went through, I was like, uh, should I just like share my screen now or what? Uh, but basically, I think we went through most of the things that I wanted to get through uh, visually. Uh, it was really just that matching progress bar that you showed. That's the most important visual aid that I have. Uh, but the other visual aid that I have, just to make sure that people know exactly what we're trying to do here, uh, I'll share my screen on this one. All right, so uh, we were talking uh, at the beginning about how when you when you think about what the token is doing in this model, it's really kickstarting something. Again, we're uh, doing the Bitcoin model where we subsidize communities the same way that Bitcoin subsidizes its security. So uh, in Bitcoin, eventually, it's not going to run on inflation anymore. <laughs> it's going to run on transaction fees. That's the story. In mm -hmm. Panvala, eventually, it's not going to run on inflation anymore. It's going to run on something else. And to get an idea of what that story is, over time, the matching multipliers available from Panvala's inflation are going to decrease. Uh, in Bitcoin, it's had healthy inflation uh, subsidies for over a decade. We think the same thing could apply to this sort of system. So if we have like a decade or two of good donation matching from the inflation, that's pretty great. But over time, we have to ramp up what the uh, perpetual uh, source of value for our communities is. And that's what that corporate sponsorship strategy is. We think that if we bring together enough uh, uh, communities to work together, the, the, they become stronger the more the communities are that are working together. The, the, the case for sponsoring Panvala as a whole gets stronger the more of that business's customers are part of Panvala. So we don't just want to be five communities that we started with or 57 communities that we are today. We want to be thousands of communities working together to be able to drive more value into our communities. Because even though those that matching from inflation is available today, we need to build up that muscle to be ready for the future when most of the value going to the communities is coming from sponsorships. Uh, in Panvala's model, the sponsorships eventually go back into the token supply, and that's what uh, completes the loop. Uh, as we start uh, these sponsorships and we're subsidizing them effectively, uh, it's less about the uh, driving the sponsorships back into the token supply. It's more about letting the sponsors keep some of the pan uh, that they're using, uh, that they're buying from communities as they support them, and then ramping that down. So as we ramp that down, uh, some of the pan they get to keep and some of the pan goes back into the, into the token supply. And then when we're at equilibrium, when we're no longer subsidizing the sponsorships, sponsors are giving US dollars to a community, they're getting pan back and they're putting the pan back into Panbala's token supply to complete that loop. Interesting. I'm curious to see, like I, it's, a, I mean, if I were to try and imagine I guess I mean, even, even like the happy path of this blowing up. Um, what I'm doing as an advertiser or, or a corporate sponsor is I'm trying to find a group of people that are doing things that I think are 
relevant to whatever my product or service is. That's, that's the whole point of marketing in a lot of ways mm -hmm. is to get what you're trying to sell in front of the people who you think are most likely going to like what you're doing. And when you're looking at your metric for what you're kind of presenting to advertisers is this is a group of X people doing Y. Uh, and our metric is like trying to look at quality coordination and contribution amongst those communities around the concept of why, right? And they're like, cool, I like that. That's, I, th I think that's the demographic I'm looking for. I'll inject money into that. And that injection of money happens to be part of this kind of token flow of um, kind of how those people actually get, end up getting paid. So they're like, people are like, potentially, well, by just doing what's useful to that community and coordinating with others around a given topic and trying to push what's quote unquote good, they're going to passively get funded by the larger organization that wants to enable that type of activity. Exactly that. And really the traditional type of corporate sponsorships are kind of the easiest way to drive marketing dollars back into communities, right? But that's not necessarily the end of the story. Uh, so we start with the easiest thing to do, which is like traditional sponsorship type things, the same kind of thing you see on a conference or uh, on some sort of event, like just that kind of sponsorship. But as we ramp up, as we grow, like there's other kinds of marketing spending that isn't captured in that style of sponsorship. So let's say the grand future where Panvala is like every, every community you've ever heard of is part of Panvala and they want to drive as much value into their own budgets as possible, then any kind of marketing spend you want to be able to do on a community-oriented basis. Maybe you need a community-oriented advertising network. Maybe you need a community-oriented uh, uh, loyalty points for shopping at different businesses. Whatever kind of marketing spend is out there, there's a community-oriented way to get it done that isn't a tech monopoly way to get it done. And when you change the 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 that that value already exists it's not creating new value in our economy it's not like we're trying to build some sort of factory that's going to pump something out some sort of protocol that's creating some sort of new value that's not what we're trying to do trying to redirect that existing value in our economy there's tons of it we can redirect it back into the budgets of our own communities by organizing by working together there has to be tons of us working together to get this done but if we succeed in doing that it's totally possible it's right it's right there like the value is there we create it it's like if we work together we can get it back to us i've started to see a lot uh, like i've started to see um marketing models that are not reliant on on uh you know, data specifically. And I think that shows that marketers are trying to actually start to look at other ways to market because, you know, if you're a small brand, um, a smaller brand, I actually don't think you should use, um, you know, you can use very targeted ads, they, they work, but I actually don't think you should go, like, go big unless you're, say, a direct to consumer kind of thing. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's about conversions, um, or it's about brand growth. And it's a lot easier to grow your brand within a size within a 
a smaller uh, community over a longer period of time than it is to do that in you know, in a big area where there's a, where you're just competing for, for ad space with a bunch of bigger brands. Um, it's just dollars wasted. And I think a lot of marketers are start, are really starting to, to think about other ways, um, to approach this that are more ethical. And I think this, there is, and, and I think ethical marketing is, is one of the things that crypto is really great at. And so I really love how, how like Penval is really trying to, um, uh, you know, marry those, those two, two things. Well, here is an ethical form of marketing while at the same time, um, here's a way to support directly support, um, a bunch of in need, uh, communities. And, and I think this is sort of the right time for that. So I'm, I'm like, uh, I think the, the, the marketing thing, makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm now starting to think like how, how, you know, how would I, uh, how would I use that in my own marketing kind of thing? Uh, we want all of your ideas there because again, uh, you're kind of a potential customer. So we want your feedback, but also <laughs> like, uh, beyond like the, um, like in terms of options for marketing today, like, uh, putting your brand, putting your product in front of customers, like that's what most people are doing, but just think about like what we're trying to build is literally putting your marketing budget into the budgets of the communities your customers are in. And that's beyond just like uh, impression for impression, you're going to get way more value from literally funding the stuff your community likes than you're going to get from just paying to get in front of them. It's like, oh, I didn't want to see your brand, but it's in front of me now. Okay, I guess maybe I'll buy from you. It's, I mean, it's literally the mentality of the ultra rich in a lot of ways, right? That like more often than not, there's this, there's this, like from the way I understand uh, how ultra rich people spend their money is you get to a certain threshold where you have influence and you enable the world you want to exist by paying for it. You, you, mm-hmm. you, you pay the people who are doing the things that you want to exist. And this is somewhat of a more fine grained way of doing like, enabled like enablement marketing like in a lot of ways like i want this thing like i like this concept i ha- and i would like it to exist more here's a bunch of ways in which i can enable the communities who are doing those things and in the process probably join them because like more often than not a a, a a company or product or service or, or group who are selling who's selling things is also a part of that community so you have like a, you, you you want to bolster actions in that community to get things done. And that's usually by enabling the people who can't afford to do things. And then like in the process of doing that, like they're gonna be exposed to whatever you're trying to market. And and, and it's it's like you, like you said, Jay, like a, a more ethical way of getting yourself in front of the people who you think care about what you're doing while also like rising the tide and enabling as many people as possible to actually do things as opposed to just like see you. Direct brand engagement is network effect. Network effect is brand growth on both sides, community and the brand itself. Like it's, it's not a, it's, it's a much more intuitive thing than it is direct sort of numbers. Um, and sometimes it can be hard for tech companies, depending on, uh, you know, who's who's allocating funds to really to really under understand that. Um, but, you know, when when you get to a point when uh, it, when 
you're forced to understand it, it like intuitive um, mechanisms, your marketing department uh, is becomes very key. And I think there's a lot of uh, crypto companies that are that are really have you know realized this over the last um, year. And you know, I think I think uh, finding ways that aren't specifically numbers driven um, can have a lot of outside outsized uh, longer term uh, return on on initial investment. Um, it's just it doesn't necessarily show up in the numbers right away. And I think that's that's a hard thing for some smaller companies to get their head around. And like, well, why am I spending money here? Well, Google gives me numbers over here. It's like, well, because it's 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 you know it's beyond the numbers and it, the and if you compare it in over time and all the efforts you've done you'll be able to see that so how you measure brand growth is very much um, a sum of all actions and then an estimation of potential uh, or notional you know actions or or value on top of those individual people and then you kind of have a general size in in your head. Absolutely. And like to begin with, it's a very much that model that you're describing where it's like, hey, you have to uh, understand beyond the numbers, the value that you're getting from this thing. But as we ramp up and as we grow, like we want to be able to provide more and more numbers. So like it's not necessarily a pie in the sky. You're definitely getting value for this marketing spend. Like we want to be able to show the dollars and cents just as well as any other way that they're spending their marketing budget. It's just that it's a uh, as as we grow, we layer on more and more. We start with the easiest thing to do, and then uh, prove the value that we provide uh, from there. All right, so I can probably start to wrap from here. Um, once again, I'm always interested in this. I'm 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 quite passionate about like building better community relationships and fixing that kind of economic cycle of how people spend their money to get attention um, and like how value flows within a community and, and around the communities they interact with. Like these, these types of things I think are, are what crypto was made for in a lot of ways is trying to facilitate better relationships across people. So for those who would like to try and experiment with you, how do they get started? What do they do? Where do they go? Uh, so there's a couple ways to be a part of Panvala. One is there's a donation matching round starting today. I believe today's June 16th, uh, if you're watching this later. Uh, but basically, there's donations running from uh, June 16th to July 1st. Uh, if you donate to one of the Panvala League's 57 communities using the PAN token, they get extra matching from Panvala's inflation. Uh, there's a lot of uh, communities that are collecting donations on Gitcoin in concert with their donation matching round. There's also some uh, donation, uh, some communities with pages on uh, Giveith, uh, which is another donation matching platform. Basically, anywhere people are collecting donations, if they're in Panvala and they collect those donations in Pan, it counts for matching. So donate with Pan. That's the best way to get involved right now. Uh, if you're part of a community, any kind of community that is doing the thing that they like with the people they like, uh, we want to share Panvala with you. That's open source projects, it's charitable things, but it's beyond that. Also, like 
arts groups, cultural groups, social clubs, just people having fun. It doesn't have to be for good necessarily, but a lot of the things are for good. Uh, we want to share Panvalo with you. Uh, so join Panvalo. There's links at panvalo.com to make that happen. Bring other communities with you because, again, we're cooperation maximalists. We want to help communities work together, get more uh, help and value from each other, as well as earning more from Panball itself. Uh, then on the sponsorship side, if you're part of a community that already brings in sponsorships, if you bring those sponsors to Panvala, we can help their marketing uh, dollars stretch further by putting Pan in their hands. We want to subsidize those sponsorships just like we subsidize the communities. And you can bring new sponsors to Panvala. Uh, if you uh, have a, a company in mind that would be a good sponsor for Panvala, we want to subsidize that. Again, currently sponsorships in Panvala have zero net cost. For every dollar they spend in uh, donations, they get a dollar worth of pan that they get to hold. That doesn't last forever, but that's how we're kickstarting the system. Uh, so we want to bring on as many sponsors as possible to show people what we're building, this network of thousands of communities working together to bring in more resources using the value they already create, the value of just like uh, being uh, eyeballs for tech monopolies to sell. Uh, they didn't necessarily create that value. The value is from you and we can redirect that flow of value back into our own communities. In our own communities, we get to do the things we like with the people we like. We don't have to do winner takes all politics. We don't have to optimize the quarterly earnings reports. We can focus on what we like to do. And that's what gets crowded out of our economy by powerful economic tools like national currencies and corporate equity. Communities don't have that kind of tool. Panvala is that kind of tool. We want to be able to elevate community life across the board by using the new kinds of economic tools that cryptocurrency lets us do. We want to bring together as many communities as possible and redirect the flow of value back into our own communities. So we want you to be a part of it. And uh, I think it's going to be a pretty big deal. So looking forward to seeing the chapter that each and every one of you writes in the story. Well, I started uh, looking into this by reading the 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 story, and I think it's wonderful. Thank you, Slash. So thanks for being on the show, and uh, we'll see you around. All right, thanks for having me.